This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Oh, we are going to help you live your life just a little bit better. And we've got just the guy to do it. But before we talk to him... After talk to Nathan. How are you, Nathan? Good afternoon, Kevin. I'm doing great. Happy Friday to you. TGIF. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm looking outside and it's cloudy. What's up with that? Ah, uh, I don't know. All those fireworks that went off earlier, maybe. You know, there was something that we had called the Fourth of July or Independence Day, and people like to make a bunch of explosions in the sky. I can't imagine why they would want to go do that. It just doesn't be well, go go spend a bunch of money and blow it up. I actually saw something uh, that somebody said that the fireworks actually re- represent the bombs bursting in air from the yeah, day that they put the, you know, the flag and conquered the territory. Technically, that's true. But um, I had a conversation with my son yesterday. He's down in Roy. And um, on the news, they had a, uh, a fire down there. And he goes, that's my best friend's house. It was right yeah. next to the fire. And they had, I don't know what the outcome was, but they ended up having to, he was in the red zone. Oh, so he was evacuating and getting out of there. Well, he was actually sitting down having a beer. That's the kind of guy he is. Like a true American. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was, he was having his, his, uh, his best time. So anyway, we've got a great guest for you today. Uh, It's an awesome show. This gentleman has done over 1,300 podcasts. He does seven a, a week, and he's on seven or eight other ones. He's dedicated to the proposition of making your life better and helping you um, do that. And he's got something that, that they call the Next Level University. And uh, his name is Kevin Palmieri, and I would love to bring him on now because he's, he's a seasoned veteran. He can teach me some stuff. What's well, happening, Kevin, friends? How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I love the energy already, and uh, hopefully I can add something positive to it. Absolutely. You want to have no doubt. (laughs) Welcome to Negative Talk Radio. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to kind of relax. I like it. (laughs) It's it's a lot of fun, and um, I really want to get into, you know, Kevin, people will say, well, gosh, the guy's running a, a successful business he's got um multi, he's got dozen, a dozen people or more working for him he's got all these things going on and he's he's one of those people that's leading one of those charmed lives <laughs> but it wasn't always that way was it no no it's it's very interesting i think as human beings we assume that where somebody is today is where they've been forever and where we are today is where we'll be forever and that just that just isn't the way it works no no, and and you actually, uh, I was reading your bio, and you actually had a moment when you were sitting on your bed, and you were saying to yourself, "I want to end this. It doesn't seem to be working for me." And uh, and I think you know a lot of people do that. They end up sitting on their bed, going, "I hate my life. Yeah, I thought it was what I wanted, but it's not what I wanted, and I can't get what I want." So, and, you know, so. How did you make that? That I, I call it your bad country music song. Period. Mm. 
when like like in my case it was my dog died and my dad died and then mm -hmm. my wife left and i lost my house and all that kind of stuff but but for you it was it was different and your partner it was also different but you guys experienced the same moment in time describe yeah. it for us yeah so for me i had accomplished what i thought was success right i was in my mid-20s my girlfriend was a model I had just won a bodybuilding show, so I was quite literally in the best shape I've ever been. I was making good money, sports car, new apartment. I had all the measures of quote unquote external success. What I didn't realize, Kevin, is that external success does not necessarily translate to internal fulfillment and fixing the internal voids. So I went all in on making money. I realized that wasn't really fulfilling to me, so I started a podcast because I realized for most of my life, I lived unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast, as any young man would do, right? Why not? And I fell in love with the podcast as I was falling out of love with my job. So I had just made $100,000 at 26. I spent 10 months living in hotels because most of our contracts were on the road in other states. So I did what's called weatherization. And... I knew that I didn't feel any different internally and I wasn't willing to do the same thing I just did. I mean, I, I spent 10 months living in hotels every single day. It was brutal. I know I'm not willing to do what it takes to get that level of success again. I just started this podcast, which I love. Now it's harder for me to go to work. It's harder for me to pack my suitcase. It's harder for me to get in the van and drive six hours. So I start calling out of work. I start leaving the job sites early, showing up late. Kevin, I was not a good employee anymore, as you can tell. <laughs> you know, I just, I was out. I was mentally checked out, but physically I had to be there and pay the bills, right? So my mental health kept getting worse and worse, and I was depressed, and I was anxious, and I was homesick, and I was sad all the time. And eventually, uh, I woke up in a hotel room in New Jersey at 5.30 in the morning, six hours away from where I lived, sat up slid to the edge of the bed, lacing up my work boots as I had done a thousand times before. But the best way to explain it on that morning is there was like 10 televisions on in my head and every single one is on a different station. And it's just noise and anxiety and just limiting beliefs. And there, you are not the type of person to get a job like this, never mind leave it behind. If you do ever work up the courage to leave here, what are your friends going to say? They all look up to you. There's significance there. There's reputation there. What's your family going to say? You make more money than anybody in your family. They all look up to you. Reputation, significance. And what are you going to do? There is no plan B. I went all in on plan A. And Kevin, that was the moment where I thought to myself, if I take my life, I will take my problems with me. Now, I'm eternally grateful. I'm very blessed that I have amazing, positive people around me. I reached out to one of them who was just a really good friend at the time. It's my business partner now kind of a coincidence and I explained to him what was going on and he said many things he, he talks a lot he said he said many things the thing I remember was Kev over the last couple years your awareness has changed a ton but your environments have remained the same I think it's time for you to change your environment wisdom that was some wisdom that I needed in that moment so I made a decision that day that I didn't have to be at that job forever and that was something that just helped me so much so I ended up leaving that job three or four months later, and then we went all in on a very small podcast with no business, no income, and no real understanding of what to do, and that was in 2018. 
and your friends and family said, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin what are you, <laughs> what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're leaving on a, a six figure income and, and how much money can you make podcasting? Well, I haven't made any so far. But... <laughs> yeah. How much, how much can you, can you make? I don't know. That's a tricky question. I can tell you how much I made in the first year and it was, it was negative money by a lot. Oh, I've, I've been there and there and have, <laughs> have done that. So, you know, but that that happens. By the way, I want to make a point here, and that is the conversation you had with your now partner. That was no coincidence. Mm -mm. I agree. I agree. Um, You know, a lot of people say, like, what changed that day? What was it that he said? I always say this. He gave me permission that day to make a different decision. If I reached out to somebody who wasn't as positive, if I reached out to somebody who wasn't as into growth they might have said this kev they might have said well nobody really likes their job right like you're not really supposed to like your job it's like okay not the answer i need or why don't you just sleep it off right just get through the weekend go out have a couple beers maybe monday it'll be better it's like no that's a band-aid that's not going to fix it so yeah i really feel like i reached out to the right person and and he's been mentoring me since even before that Right. He was a friend, but he was a mentor. I've been I'm just blessed to have somebody like him around. And now he's my business partner. And I talk to him too much and too often because we're always together virtually. But I'm, I'm very, very grateful for for that because I wouldn't be here. I don't know if I'd be here. One, I know I wouldn't be here where I am today, too. You know, the interesting thing about that is that I was reading his bio and he was just ahead of you. He yes. went through the same bad <laughs> country song music period, but it was in ahead of you a couple of years yep. and so he'd made that decision and i think that that's just how it works yeah is that uh he he made that decision so that he would be in a position to help you when you needed to make that decision i agree i agree it's necessity right like when we hit rock bottom there's a lot of necessity to start rebuilding and unfortunately or fortunately depending on how you want to look at it i had my midlife crisis at 26 I'm grateful for it, right? Because I'm 33 now and I have a lot of stuff figured out that I don't think I ever would have. But it was very, very challenging. I mean, transparently, you know, in your late 20s, early 30s, a lot of people are, are building and they're going on vacation, they're having houses, they're having families. One of the hardest things for me was when I was 27, I started over. I had no income. I had no 401k. I had no health insurance. I had no prospect of a career. It was, I'm a podcaster. We're going to see what happens here. You know, that was one of the hardest parts. Now, what year was that? Um, I left my job in 2018. So that the podcasting was a thing, but it wasn't the thing yet. Yeah, I think we had I had done maybe 18 or 19 episodes by myself and I wasn't taking it. I mean, it was not nearly as serious as we take it today. So it was a thing, but it was it wasn't a boat that was going to float on its own. Let's say that we weren't ready to put it in the water yet. Yeah, and it became uh, it became part of who you are, and you've built an entire company and career around the positivity that you built into your podcast. Yes, yes, we're very we're very blessed to the the thought process we had early on was if we put the listeners first and we put the community first, that's the most valuable thing we can do. It's not about me, right? I I don't do seven episodes a week because I want to. I mean, I love it. I love podcasting, but I want to help somebody every day. And I can't help you every day if I'm not there every day. So a lot of what we've done is just, if I truly say I want to have the most impact, then I have to do what it takes to have the most impact. And these are just the byproducts of it. That's why we do so many episodes. I go on so many other shows. I, I really want to have the impact.
I really do. You know, the interesting thing about you and your your time frame, uh, mid-20s to early 30s, most people don't catch this idea that life could be better or that it's not how they want it to be until that, like, for me, it was 42. Yeah. And I came across the idea of, you know, I'd been a successful manager and yada, 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 had the house, kids, wife, dog, cat, all that. And, uh, but I didn't, I wasn't happy. And it was like, why am I really here? What am I really here to do? Mm. But if that was 42 and you're lucky, um, well, no, lucky's not the right term. You were, you were, had the foresight to catch it early and to understand things a little bit better and a little bit differently, which is why one of the reasons I wanted to have you here is that <laughs> there are people that are in their mid twenties that are exactly where you were, but they wait till their forties to figure it out. And I, if we can get people to change that mindset yeah. and to do it earlier, I think a lot more people would be happy. Do you agree with that? I 1000% agree, but I do understand and I have empathy for that position because I couldn't tell you exactly what did it. I remember I was a, I'm not as much now, but I was a huge Joe Rogan fan. Much like many podcasters, that's where I learned about podcasting. And I remember when I was kind of soul searching before I ended up leaving my job and all that, I remember listening to his podcast and he had one of his friends on as a guest. And for some reason that night, it just made sense. I don't know why. They were talking about how if an alien landed on your front, your front lawn Monday morning when you're getting ready for work and they come into your house and they see you running around, making coffee, throwing your shoes on, you know, just not happy, not fulfilled, not super aligned. And they said, hey, where are you going? And he said, oh, I got to I got to go to work. And they say, how often do you go there to that place, to that workplace? Uh, five days a week. And honestly, more than I want to. I don't, I don't enjoy it. Well, why don't you just stay home? Well, I can't afford the house. Because if I, if I don't have the job, I can't afford the house. And then when you get in the car, they say, oh, you love this car. And you say, well, I can't really afford the car either unless I go to that place. The alien would think you were out of your mind. <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense. And I remember hearing it on Joe Rogan that day. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. That all makes sense to me now. I completely understand what they're talking about. For some reason, I think I was just ready for that message. And this is the interesting thing. Uh, what I did was I found something that was super profitable and I convinced myself that I was passionate about it. So all that means to me is I jumped in a pool and I said, wow, I am going to pretend I really like this pool but I'm going to dive to the bottom and get all the rings and get all the coins and get all the money. And I'm going to try to get out of this pool as, as quickly as humanly possible. If you can reverse that and find something that you are super passionate about, then jump in the pool and learn to swim, learn to tread water, learn to figure it out, float for as long as humanly possible and eventually make money. Imagine what your life could be in five years. Now, last thing I'll say, when I left my job, I didn't have that many responsibilities. I didn't own a home. My car was paid off. I didn't have a family. I didn't have a partner. My bills were pretty low. So I set myself up in that position. So I do understand circumstantially, not everybody's just going to be able to do what I did. Maybe just having a little bit of a 1% turn into what does fulfillment mean to you? I think we believe that we're supposed to optimize for happy. Happy is results-based. If Kevin likes me, I will be happy. Regardless of how this goes, I'm fulfilled because I'm in the process of doing what I love. This isn't about me. It's bigger. It's bigger. And I think if we understood fulfillment, 
and we tried to package that up and get more of it, I think people would automatically feel more successful because it's just a different life that way. I'm willing to bet that there was a period of time when you had this other job and you were uh, making hundred grand, that your work week started sometime on Sunday. <laughs> Almost every week, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, dang, I got to go to work tomorrow. And then, so then you're wasting Sunday because now you got to wait for Monday. Yep. And, and that's, a, that's not a fun way to live. And no. there, are, there are some of us, including my father, that did that, did that their whole life. And I'm committed to not doing that. And that's why I want to have people like you who can help people get through some of the some of the stuff that they the stories they've told themselves and the things that they that other people want them to believe and stuff that you can get through it. And then you can grow past it and then you can live your life in passion. You, I know you talk to a lot of people. You have a lot of people say, you know, I would really love to do this, but I just, I can't see it. You know, my family doesn't think I should do this. And mm. if I'm an author or, or you know, a podcaster, or I'm going to be an actor, or I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to run roller coasters because I love to run roller coasters. Mm. Um, how do you help people? Because I know you've got next level university and this has become a, this has also become a thing. Um, how do you help people change that mindset? Yeah, it's very interesting. I used to think if you just told people what to do, it would kind of work itself out. That's what I used to believe is like, just give people the answers and everything's going to be fine, right? I'm an operator. I, I just need to know what to do. Tell me what to do. I'll go do it. Then when I started coaching people and working with Alan and just understanding, I started to understand that everything starts at the identity level. So it's not really about what you want. It's about who you think you are today. Who you think you are is believe it or not, more important than who you actually are because you operate on who you think you are. You could be the best at something. If you don't believe you are, it doesn't matter. So what I usually try to do is I usually try to start at the identity level. Who are you? Who are you really? Who have you been told you are? Who do you show up as? Who do you pretend to be? If nobody was around and you were by yourself, who would you actually be? That inner work, Kevin, I don't know if there's anything more important than that because Yes, it shows up in physical ways, but a lot of it is internal stuff from when you're young, you're running operating software that you didn't even put in there, right? If you're, so great example, I have a bunch of podcast clients. So I was on the, on a Zoom call with a podcast client and he said, you know, Kev, it's, it's interesting. The stuff that I value the most, it's hardest for me to talk about. And I said, well, believe it or not, that makes more sense than you, you might think. I mean, the stuff that's closest to our heart is usually the hardest thing to operate on. Makes sense. He said, I have a book. I don't even talk about it. It's on Amazon. It's ready for, it's ready for sales. I just don't feel comfortable talking about it. And we dug and we dug and we dug and we dug. And he said, you know, I'm afraid of judgment. And we dug and we dug and we dug. And I kept saying, what's underneath that? What's underneath that? What's underneath that? And eventually we got to the place where I said, can I just ask you a question? Just vulnerably, please. And he said, absolutely. I said, did you grow up in a super, super judgmental culture and or household? And he said, both of them. And I said, that's the issue. The issue is not that you're afraid to talk about your book. The issue is not that you're afraid to post on social media. The issue is you have been convinced that you must stay small or you will be judged extremely. And that isn't necessarily the case. It still could be. It's going to happen. But that is unconsciously running you. So long story, super long. 
it's usually that. It's usually tapping into what is the stuff beneath the stuff that we don't see. We only see the plant. We don't see the roots unless we dig. And once you start digging, it starts to make sense where it's like, oh, interesting. I thought this was an apple tree. You see the roots. Oh, no, it's not. It's something else. Then at least you're aware. I, I think awareness is maybe the most important thing on the planet, genuinely. I've talked to a lot of people that when you say, what's your passion? Or what, what, why do you do, why do you, who are you really? They yeah. said, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean who I am really? I'm sitting here, I've got a body and my name is John and I don't know what you're talking about. And because we've been conditioned not to believe any of that stuff. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's important that, and that's why I think a coach is so important because you can help somebody with the blind spots. Definitely. Because you, you will, you will take somebody into a place that they're very uncomfortable going and that's when you know you're having a measure of success, isn't it? Well, here's the other interesting thing. My my limiting beliefs are my limiting beliefs. I can see your limiting beliefs. Because to me, I they're just beliefs. They're not limiting me, they're limiting you. I it's almost like I don't have your life experience. I don't have your traumas, your triggers, uh, your relationships, any of that. I just see what is today. So it almost allows you to look really unbiased and say, oh, it's very clear to me you're afraid of judgment. Where does that come from? It's, that's the interesting thing is, like Alan is a great example. Alan doesn't see my limiting beliefs. He sees my potential. Now, obviously that's dangerous too because you can push somebody too far. But that's what a coach can really do is say, you know, I understand you've been convinced you're not great, but I don't see any of that in you. That's all you. You just believe that because you've believed it so long. So it's, it's also a very unique opportunity for somebody to create a reflection of you that you've never been able to see before because you've been looking in your own mirror. Somebody else can hold a mirror at a different angle and it, it starts to make a little bit more sense or maybe you start to see yourself in a little bit of a different light. So yeah, having anybody there is super important. Why do we, if you do something extraordinarily well, you're a great uh, artist or you're a great singer, or you don't a lot of us don't take that compliment as, you know, you're a really great singer. We just assume that it's just normal for us and we don't, we don't treat it with the reverence that I, the, the, the gifts that we have, we don't treat them with the reverence that we deserve mm -hmm. to give them because, oh, that's easy for me, but it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. How do you help someone with that, like that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a perspective thing, right? That can go a couple ways. Uh, usually the people that I have worked with are really hesitant to accept compliments because yes. it's, it's a self-worth issue of they don't feel like they deserve it. So it's interesting. We actually did an episode on this today. Somebody asked me recently, what's arrogance? And I said, I don't know. I, from my perspective, arrogance is probably confidence without competence, right? So you believe you're something that you're not, and it's not based on any data. So it's like, I remember, um, my grandmother, she's in her late 80s. She watches a lot of the Boston Red Sox. And I'll be over there and she'll, she'll be like, I can't believe he didn't hit that ball. It's like, Mima, it's a 96 mile an hour fastball. Like you could not hit that if your life depended on it. I'm not saying that's arrogant, but that's, it's almost like expectations without competence. You could perceive that as arrogant. I love my Mima. I don't mean anything negative by it. Mima, if you're listening, I love you. The opposite of that I used to think was humble. The opposite of arrogant, I don't think is humble. The opposite of arrogant, I think is 
competence without confidence, which is self-deprecation. That's where a lot of people get stuck when it comes to taking compliments because you don't feel like you're actually worthy of the compliment. You don't feel like, Kevin, I don't know if you've come across this. I never understood the fear of success. I remember the first time somebody said, I have a fear of success. I was like, that isn't even, that cannot be a thing. Isn't that why everybody does what they do? I couldn't understand it because my fear is failure. But then I started to realize, oh my goodness, if you do not feel worthy when it comes to a result, you will continue to self-sabotage yourself forever. You'll never, ever, ever do the things you need to do to get that level of success because you don't feel you deserve it. I think that's usually where I focus with people who struggle to take compliments, struggle to own their wins, struggle to give themselves the credit that they deserve. First, it's identifying that it might be a low self-worth issue. Second, it's starting to figure out where did that come from. Third, it's then we have to make small promises and keep small promises, set boundaries, um, invest in ourselves from an effort perspective. There's a lot that goes into that, but the first step, and I always ask people, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you believe in your own unique capabilities and your own unique skills that are needed to create the life of your dreams? And they'll say seven out of 10. Okay, cool. So you believe in yourself and, and your competence at a seven out of 10. Awesome. Imagine you did everything necessary and you ended up getting that life. That life was right in front of you. The dream body, dream car, dream person, whatever it is, whatever success is to you. On a scale of one to 10, how worthy do you actually feel and how much do you feel like you belong in that new life? And I had somebody say to me, two. They said, oh my goodness, two out of 10. I said, brother, this isn't a self-belief issue. This is a self-worth issue. It's not self-belief. You know you can do it. You also don't feel like you deserve it. You, do, you will not do something you don't feel like you deserve. It's just the human is just set up that way. So I usually start there. It's, it's that. And that then leads us to self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. We then make decisions that that we know not to be in the best interest, but we do it because it's comfortable or it's easier, and we don't we don't feel like we deserve to have the success. Hundred percent, and we've always done it. It's just yeah, it's just the normal. It's like usually when I get this opportunity, I blank. You know, okay, I'm going to do that again because that's always resulted in me staying safe. It's yeah, that that's just it's very important to have somebody from the outside say, ah, hold on. What is your thought process behind that? Oh, I've never really thought about it. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then you can start digging and asking the right questions. Questions are something where if you ask the right question and you're willing to sit with it and answer it, there's a lot of stuff buried under there. It's a big, big deal learning how to listen. For sure. It, <laughs> there aren't a lot of people who know actually how to listen well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but speaking of which, we're talking with Kevin Palmieri. Go to his website, nextleveluniverse.com, and find out all about him, his partner, their program, and listen to their podcast after you listen to mine, of course. Um, and, and do that. We need to take a break, Kevin. We'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. Hey, PTR loyal listener. First, thanks for being in my dream. And second... I have a new concept in business to share with you. It's called socialpreneurship. So what's that? Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project, which is working to achieve good in the world. 
KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us. In the next few weeks, we will lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on Positive Talk Radio. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, thanks for listening to Positive Talk Radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio video products to fill any need. Please visit kmmedia.pro backslash our dash store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. Please contact me at Kevin at KMmedia.pro and let's create something great. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am because we've got Kevin Palmieri here and it's we're, we're having a really good discussion and I'm hoping that there are people out there and it can be just you. But you're out there and you're thinking to yourself, I might want to make some of the changes that we've been talking about here so that I can live the life that I truly deserve to live. And uh, Kevin, is that one of the things that we all seem, not all of us, you haven't obviously, but some of us have a problem with is that we don't believe that we deserve it? Interestingly enough, Kevin, that has been a problem I've dealt with in the past for sure. But yeah. And how did you get over that? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's there's something, there's a thought process around self-proof, right? Like pouring into self and then through proof, you start to believe more in what you're doing. That's part one. Another very interesting thing about self-worth is oftentimes low self-worth shows up as abandonment when it comes to your boundaries. So just hypothetically, say you and I agree this is going to be an hour interview. And it's starting to come up in an hour. And I have that moment where it's like, I really should get on my next call. I'm going to be late for my next call. My boundary is the top of the hour, but I don't say anything. And we just keep rolling and rolling. It's an hour and a half. It's two hours. I am abandoning my own boundaries, which is hurting my self-worth. That is another very interesting place to start for us all, especially if you have families that you struggle with boundaries around, that might even be where the low self-worth comes from. So that's another tactic is ask yourself, how often am I abandoning my boundaries for the pleasure of other people, for the convenience of other people, so I don't break rapport? That's another great place to start. When you reached the conclusion that your job wasn't working for you and you and you left that job and you started working on yourself and doing things, that what I call that is you were raising your vibration. You were raising your energy level. Did you find that there were people that did not 
that were currently in your life that no longer resonated with you because your energy level was now different and that you had to make some sad but necessary changes in in those relationships is did that happen for you yeah unfortunately for me it was almost the opposite where when my vibration raised i started to realize how low other people's vibrations were i remember i was dating a, a young lady and she said hey i want to meet your friends i've never met your friends and i was like, yeah no, that's valid yeah okay uh you want to come over this weekend we'll have a cookout you can meet my my two best friends and i said one so the first friend, I said, you're going to love him. Like, like, like a big brother. He's the most supportive. He's going to be interested in everything you're doing. He's just my big brother. You're going to love him. So respectful. Just a great guy. And I said the second one. And when I started to think about it, I said, oh, no. I said the second one. Yeah, he's kind of arrogant. He's going to make jokes about you that he thinks are funny but aren't. He's definitely going to offend you. And he identifies as I'm kind of a jerk. And I remember, Kevin, after I said that, I, I said, imagine if somebody had to introduce me that way. Imagine if that was the preface that somebody had to give before somebody met me. That day, I asked myself a simple question. Are the people in my life the best from my past or the best for my future? And that was the day I started reallocating time with certain people. Because here's the interesting thing about relationships, friends, family, whatever it is acquaintances, we often forget why people are in our lives. Many people are in our lives just because they've always been in our lives. We don't even know why. If we had to say like, what are the main three reasons they're there? Usually it's geography, grew up next to them, right? Nostalgia, I used to know them. And then convenience, it's easier than me going and finding somebody else to be friends with. That was such an important phase for me where I started to understand that not everybody who is here should be and not everybody who is in my past belongs in my future. Now, I know how cold that can sound. I know that can sound triggering or inconsiderate. But a lot of us, we have people in our lives who do not, they just don't belong there. And they don't deserve to have the position that they do. They don't deserve to have the influence. And sometimes that's family too. And that is one of the hardest pieces of growth. We talk about it all the time with clients on the podcast. Because it almost makes you want to stop growing. Especially if you have a fear of outgrowing people exactly that and you know the th the interesting thing is and you you hit it right on the head is that as we go through life and we grow up and we go to school and we're going and we get our group of friends most of it is by happenstance yeah. we don't necessarily pick them they just kind of show up and you resonate with them a little bit and you have a good time and but that doesn't mean that that's going to be the way it is always yeah. because you're going to change and you're going to grow i had a, a, a friend of mine that uh, was in uh, we were best friends all through uh, elementary school and then we fell out for a number of years, for like 20 years and he, then he started calling me back i want to reach out to my old friends and see how you're doing well Every time we talked, it was after he had um, six or eight rum and cokes, mm -hmm. and he was starting to talk about, uh, "I hate my job, I don't like, I don't love what I'm doing. I want to get out of here, but I can't, and I'm stuck. And oh, let me have another rum and coke." And and I s said to him, "You need to quit. You need to go find out what you want to do, and then pursue it and go do it." What was the last time we talked? Mm. Um, cause he didn't, he, it, that message didn't resonate with him and God bless him. I hope he's doing well. And if he doesn't change this time, perhaps he'll do it again next time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, 
but we can't limit ourselves to be to to stay where we are because that's not who we are meant to be. It's hard enough to be successful, fulfilled, aligned, consistent when you have people in your corner that are actually rooting for you. Never mind if you have people who are unintentionally holding you back. And the other thing too, Kevin, is there's a lot of people unintentionally holding us back because they're afraid we're going to leave. I've been in that position before where I had somebody who I was dating that was super confident and I was so afraid she was going to go chase her dreams and leave me behind. And I was terrified of that. Yeah. I like it. And she probably was very pretty too. She was, she, that was the model girlfriend. That was the model <laughs> girlfriend. And she left, believe it or not, she actually left. And that's exactly, you know, that's exactly what she should have done. She, she really should have. The other interesting thing about growing up, like starting with somebody when you're young and growing up, here's the thing. These are usually, there's kind of three sets of things that determine our relationships. It's our core beliefs. What do we believe about the world? What do we believe about people? What do we believe? Like, what are the beliefs that keep us going? Core values. What do you value as a human being? So, Kevin, you value growth very clearly. That's why when you said to that person, hey, you need to quit and go chase your thing, it didn't really resonate with him because maybe he doesn't value growth at the level you do. And then core aspirations. What are you here to do? What do you want to do? If, if any of those are in conflict, there is a potential for conflict in the relationship, right? If, if for me, um, being consistent with this mission is important, but I have a friend who wants to party all the time, we're in trouble. We're in trouble because I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to get rid of my core values to meet that, that friendship. My core values are very, very important to me. My core beliefs are very, my core aspirations. So those three things, if you can figure out yours, a good exercise is just sit down and write out what are my top five core values? What are my top five core beliefs? What are my top five core aspirations? And if you start to compare those to the people around you, it's going to make sense why you resonate with certain people and why you feel dirty when you spend time with other people, when you feel inspiration and inspired when you spend time with certain people. It, it highlights a lot. You know, it's interesting because I started my radio career back in like 2002. Mm. And I did it with a friend. And we'd gotten together and we did some uh, research and spiritual practices and all that kind of thing. And we decided that we wanted to share that with the world. Well, so that's how the radio show began. And ultimately, he it didn't resonate with him, and so he left. But you found a partner. Hmm. His name is Alan, and you resonated with him. And at one point in time, did he say to you or you say to him what my friend said to me? We need to start this thing and and uh, this radio show or TV, and we need to take it big, and we need to help a lot of people. How did that conversation begin? And And it's still going on, but how did that conversation <laughs> begin with you guys? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Alan, believe it or not, this is why things are very weird. Alan, before I had ever been on a podcast, Alan had a YouTube channel. Alan interviewed me as his first guest. When I started the podcast, I interviewed Alan as my first guest. <laughs> so there was a lot of things going on. And here's, he's, this is even better, Kevin. I went to middle school with Alan and I went to high school with Alan. And in middle school, we played spin the bottle in his basement with all the popular girls. So Alan and I have some history. We go, we go way, way, way back. We've been through some things together. Alan has, Alan's different than anybody I've ever met. Alan is not here for fun. He's not here to hang out. Alan is here to accomplish a mission. And his mission is to be the most influential human possible. That is what he is here to do. He's working right now while I'm doing this on that. 
a lot of this was Alan's idea in terms of the amount of impact we want to have. For me, I knew I'd be better off in his corner than I would be anywhere else. I knew I'd be more successful with him in health, wealth, life, love than I would be on my own. And I love helping. So it was almost, in a way, it was almost Alan's thought. And when we partnered up, he said, what do you think of creating the most successful self-improvement company in the world? And I'm sure I was probably like, yeah, okay. You know, sounds, sounds fun. <laughs> I didn't know what that looked like. But this, a lot of this was him and a lot of the planning that we have and a lot of the results we have, that's him behind the scenes doing his mad scientist stuff. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Now, here's the truth. For a long time, I couldn't admit that. For a long time, if I was on this show, I'd pretend Alan didn't exist. Like, oh, you know, I've, I've been working so hard because my ego is so afraid that people would find out that I wasn't extraordinary or whatever it is. So even the process of having a business partner, growing this with a business partner, giving credit where credit's due, taking credit where credit's deserved, that's been a very, very important growth piece for this entire thing. But yeah, it was mostly Alan's idea. But I'll tell you what, he could not... Now, I don't know, Alan. We have not met. We have not talked. But so you you tell me. I don't think, though, because your partnership is you're kind of the the face of it and you're out doing the podcast and you're doing a lot of stuff. He co-hosts with your podcast, but you're more the the uh, the mouthpiece, if you will, yeah. of, of putting out there. And he's behind the scenes because that's where he feels comfortable. It's a great marriage. Yeah, I love this. I love this. The fact that I'm with you right now, there's nowhere I'd rather be. I love it. I mean, I'm sure you can tell by how excited I get. Alan loves sitting in a dark room planning what we're going to do 15 years and three days from today. That's where he That's where he wants to be. So, yeah, it's we complement each other very well. And I wouldn't be able to do this with the strategy and organization without Alan. And Alan wouldn't do it in the same way because he doesn't, he doesn't understand what it's like to be me, and that is the vast majority of people that we help. So we're very complimentative to one another, and we're very, very grateful for that. If you were to talk to Alan today and he's looking 15 years and three days into the future, what's he see? <laughs> he sees um, us as the most successful self-improvement company on the planet. Probably, I don't know, 30 to 50 million podcast downloads. You know, we have a we have an app that we're creating now, 15 years from today, maybe a million users. You know, very very successful in terms of finance, very very successful in terms of impact. Yeah, just a lot of what we're doing now, Kev, just more exponential, more impact, more profitability and better. Really, that's Alan doesn't care about things, which has been frustrating at times, honestly. <laughs> He doesn't care about, I just got a new car recently and it took me so long to convince him to let me get a new car, right? We're business partners. So technically he's paying for half of it, which I understand, but yeah, he, he values things much different than I do. So he would say, we're going to be really good 15 years from today and we'll probably be, I don't know, 25% the way to our potential is probably what he would tell you. Well, you know, it's just, what's interesting about that is that he is the the guy that's driving that bus, and you're driving, and but you're working together to both drive this bus at the same time, yeah. and it's and you know, I'm willing to bet that the, if 
the two of you and I were sitting at a coffee shop and we were having coffee and I said, and I wanted to ask you the question, what's the most important part of your company? I'm willing to bet profitability would not be first, would probably not be second, would be somewhere down the list because in order to succeed and to continue to do what you do and to help people, you have to make money to do that. Uh, but it w it's not the most important thing. Would I be wrong in that? Uh, it would be mastery. Yeah, mastery, impact, profitability. Those are the three measures that we use. Again, there is a lot of there is a lot of reasons why we do what we do. I do seven episodes a week on the podcast because I can get better if I do seven, right? I wouldn't be, hopefully I'm carrying my weight here on the show today, I wouldn't be able to do as well as I am doing if I only did one episode a week because I would miss out on, you know, six other reps every single week. So mastery, being really, really, really good, being really, really, really competent, impact. The more you master something, the more capable you are of impacting not only breadth, the amount of people, but depth the level to which you can impact, and then you get paid in proportion to the amount of impact you have. So yeah, those are really the three measures for us is how do we get better at everything forever, which is overwhelming? How do we use the, the new skills, the new talents, all of that to impact more people? And then how do we take that impact and create value from it and then exchange that for funds in terms of profitability? I'm, by the way, your impact on this show is tremendous. I appreciate it. And um, I'm willing to bet I'll, I'll sell my car, <laughs> which is 10 years old. Uh, but I'll, I'll, that there's somebody sitting in their driveway because they were coming home from someplace and they don't have an AM radio in their house, but they do in their car. So they're sitting in their driveway listening to the show because of the information that they're getting, because some of this stuff is absolutely golden. I appreciate it. Well, also, Kev, I got to throw it back to you because it takes two to you're a you're a radio host. You're a podcaster. You're an interviewer. You know, it takes two to tango. So I would I would throw some of that back your way, my friend. Well, I really appreciate it. But I'll tell you what, seven episodes a week. <laughs> now, is there ever like a Sunday where you're going, oh, I don't yeah. want to do it today? Yeah. Yeah. Last night we recorded it. I worked from 530 in the morning until 10 p.m. last night because we, there's just so much going on and we logged on we use Streamyard, much like yourself and we logged on and i told alan i said this is quite literally the last thing in the world i want to do right now i don't want to record three episodes tonight i'm tired i'm tired so we usually try to batch all of them on monday and we'll just hammer out seven on monday then i can do, do you know i can go do coaching calls and be on other podcasts for the rest of the week but yeah it is a genuine challenge but here's the interesting thing about growth it's a genuine challenge because I have another podcast about podcasts that I do an episode for and I'm on seven or eight others and I have 10 coaching calls a week. So if you took away those things, the seven episodes probably wouldn't be that challenging, right? So that's the interesting thing about growth is at one point I could barely do one a week. It was like the hardest thing in the world. And as you get a little bit better and as you elevate, things get easier and then you can say, oh, that weight is too light. Let me add some weight. Always gym analogies with me. That's 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 a great way to look at it. And I wanted to ask your opinion on this, please, because you're listening to KKNW 1150 AM, which is a radio station in Seattle. It's the 12th largest media market in the country. I also do a show on Kixie, which I want to have you on down the road, which okay. is a 50,000 watt station in Seattle. And I've got a show, a great show coming up at three o'clock in the afternoon. So just go to Kixie 880 AM at three o'clock and listen to that show. But what I'm and I'm also finding that because we're on StreamYard, this is 
being broadcast in audio and video on my YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and KKNW's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and and then it gets turned into a podcast and goes to 50 different podcast sites. So we're getting out into a lot of places. I think that this is the wave of the future of being able to do audio and video and broadcast over the air and on the internet. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's interesting now where you can watch YouTube on your TV. So yeah, think, right. I don't. I almost exclusively watch YouTube on my TV now because the ability to create captivating content is just it's so common. There's a guy I watch on on YouTube. His name is Matt Armstrong. He literally buys cars and fixes them up. And the production value is awesome. And he's got good cutscenes, and he's funny. And he's a great speaker. It's better than like any TV show I've ever seen. There's no commercials. It's only 17 minutes long. It's easy. It's free. Yeah, it's it's. We're in a very interesting time where the barrier to entry is very, very, very low. But with the barrier to entry being low, the failure rate is also going to be very, very, very high. So the people who can hang on the longest are most likely the ones who are going to have, again, going back, they're going to master their craft, they're going to impact more people and ultimately make money. Yeah, we're podcasting is kind of like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you're going to get fun. That's true. <laughs> Hopefully. Now, well, you know, and the, and the, and the thing that uh, about podcasting and doing what we do is that there are people, and if you're, do, if you're contemplating this, if you're saying, I'm going to do a podcast, and so you do a podcast and you you figure out how to do it and it costs five, six, seven hundred dollars and then you put it out there and and your mom and your brother and your uncle are listening and nobody else and you're feeling like I thought I was gonna make a million dollars doing this. You're not unless you do it for a very long time yes. and you have got some great content, which yes. is why I go in search of wonderful people like you. I appreciate that. I it's it's a long game. If you're if you're starting a podcast to make money, you should probably do something else. Honestly, I, I tell people that all the time. I didn't start this to make money. And if you start it from a place of passion, you get the hit right away, right? If you love what you do and you love talking about what you do and you love your audience, congrats. You're going to get your passion filled almost immediately because five people listening is five people that weren't listening yesterday. But if you're saying, well, I only made $5 today, I need to make a 999995 it's like, well, you gotta, you're going to have a ways to go. It's going to be be painful (laughs) during that process as well. Now, I want to give you the opportunity because we've got just about uh, five minutes left. Sure. But uh, by the way, our guest is Kevin Palmieri, and you can go to his website, nextleveluniverse.com. I would like you to take, I'm going to step aside, and I want you to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, usually two things. One, the biggest difference between who you are today and who you want to be eventually, it's your habits. It's the stuff that you're doing today, right? The reason we have the results we have today is not based on what we did yesterday. It's probably based on what we've been doing for the last six months. So maybe this is a inspiring or a breakthrough time for you to say, wait, what am I actually doing with my time? And is that going to create the future that I actually desire? That's something I would say. And then this is just kind of one of the themes I've been on lately, a perspective that really, really helped me. From day to day, progress is invisible. From year to year, it's impossible to miss. 
going back to the analogy about starting a podcast, right? From day to day, not a lot's going to happen. I went to the gym yesterday and I went to the, the gym today. I don't know. I look the same, I think. I don't think I look any different. And not at least not measurably. But if I look back a year to today, I'm drastically different, right? So I think we get lost in the short term and we get lost in the, in the long term. But understanding that the short term leads to the long term and a lot can happen in a couple of years. It's, it's interesting, Kevin. I'm very humbled by all the kind words I get. I am. It means the world to me. This is all weird for me. I don't even know how I got here a lot of the time. But it's, it's only been six years. What's going to happen in another 20? I don't know. It's going to be weird. Six years, it's a college degree and a half. I mean, it's not that much time when you think about it. So if you can do something consistently for a month and then turn that into two and six in a year, you can be in a, a very different place than you are today. And here's the thing scary and or empowering your future is going to happen regardless of how well you design it five years from today your life is going to look different it's either going to be by design or by accident hopefully maybe something i said today will help us make it by design more that is sensational thank and thank you and i knew i knew that i would get that out of you because you are <laughs> a, a a great podcaster and by the way um I dare say this. I think Joe Rogan needs to be in fear. Just <laughs> because Spotify is going to come say, you know, Kevin, I think that you can do everything, but with a positive attitude and a positive angle that, that, um, and I, I don't listen to Mr. Rogan a lot, but, uh, um, I, I would listen to you and I'm going I, to be listening to you I because going, going on to your podcast, which again is called, next level university next level university and uh they've got 1300 and some odd episodes yep 1392 i think we recorded two today oh very good have you ever thought about doing it live i think you'd be really awesome doing it live. i i appreciate that yeah so we did uh we did a live podcast every single week in our facebook group for like 150 weeks or something and then we were like honestly I don't know if this is worth doing it the way we're doing just because we have to be in the same place at the same time every single week. And it's probably not scalable for us to do that with the amount of stuff we're doing. So we did it a very long time live. And then we said, you know what? This probably isn't, isn't best. I kind of miss it. I do. There's a little, there's an extra pressure. And I think that extra pressure puts you outside of your comfort zone a little bit. And that's sometimes that's where you shine. And that's where I love doing it live. It gives me that pressure. By the way, we've been talking with Kevin Palmieri. Go to nextleveluniverse.com. Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Unfortunately, they're going to make me go away now, but I always end every show with be kind to one another because each other is all we've got. We'll see you at 3 o'clock on Kick. 